Hey everybody, welcome back to the Acid Cat Spirit Hour. Ah, Caleb and I are here today. That was loud. <laughs> Hold on, let's... Ah! <laughs> welcome everybody to the... Ah! <laughs> Hey everybody and welcome back to the Acid Cat Spirit Hour. Caleb's here with me today and we're talking spooky video games. Spooky video games that were or that weren't. Uh, specifically the thing that started this was last week. Yes. Uh, a young man, a young man, a video maker, a video maker, a filmmaker. I'm going to get it, I swear. A filmmaker named Adam Butcher put up a, a short video about uh, Catastrophe Crow. Yes. Which is a... Uh, the elusive N64 game. Yeah, yeah, that may or may not <clears throat> exist. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a really cool ARG. Uh, if you guys don't know, that's an alternate reality game, so it's a sort of like a video game, IRL. Um, but yeah, that, I think, brought up a lot of those feelings. There's a lot of uh, urban legends with video gaming, you know? Yes. Uh, and there's a lot of people that have put their intention forth to make one. Um, and Catastrophe Crow seems like a cool example of that. Um, we're going to follow it along. We can't really talk about it too much yet, because there's not too much to talk about yet. But I would definitely would suggest go Google it. Jump down that wormhole if you have a little extra time. There's some cool stuff there. But today, we're going to talk about uh, probably one of the better covered... Um, urban legends in the gaming industry, but it's one that we would be absolutely at a loss if we didn't cover, and that is uh, Polybius. Uh, yes. Polybius is the Polybius was an arcade game uh, in 1981 that showed up allegedly, allegedly, all yeah. of this big allegedly warning, big just allegedly before all of this. Yeah. So uh, Polybius, Polybius falls into the greater uh, urban legend lore uh video games because it is a game that may or may not have ever existed there's a lot of there's a lot of evidence to indicate both sides and today yes. we figured it would be fun to sit down and talk about it it's a thing that's been talked about a lot so it seemed like a worthwhile subject for us to kind of sit down separate everything put it out on the board kind of connect the dots and talk about how we felt about it because it really is a pretty interesting uh, exercise regardless of if it's a hoax or otherwise you know yeah, uh, a lot of stuff popping up over the years. Yeah, well, and that's what makes it seem like it's not a hoax. I know. Well, it's hard. <laughs> but then a lot of stuff popping up that has instantly been shot down to be Photoshop or hearsay. Well, one of the tough things with a video game um, and anything that's an entirely digital media is that it's, you know, that's easy to falsify. We we yeah. have programs built around entirely that, you know, so it's it's a very easy forgery. A video definitely, game, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's a relatively easy thing to make up. Um, but we'll get we'll start with the history a little bit. Mm -hmm. So Portland, Oregon, home of yes. weird stuff. Uh, well, the suburbs, yeah. several, several different suburbs of Portland, Oregon. All of Portland is the suburbs. To yeah. be clear, it's split up into four directions of suburbs. Uh, but 1981, yep. um, it is talked about that a bunch of these arcade uh, arcade machines were popping up in different. Arcades all around the suburbs of Portland. Well, and arcades were relatively new then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they were these boxes with bubble letters that said Polybius. Uh, yeah. Letters just like the one behind me. Yeah, and they were said to, you know, kind of resemble that of, like, Galaga or... Yeah, except the one weird thing is it only had one button and a joystick. <laughs> Was it iPhone? Yeah. <laughs> no three millimeter three point five millimeter auxiliary port. No charger in the box, just no charger in the box. Polybius. One button. But supposedly these 
set down um, in, I believe, October of 1981, were only around for, like, a month. And at the beginning of November, uh, some guys picked them up from everywhere and left. Okay. Like, left with them. Um, they said that throughout, uh, people would come and check on them. Okay. And open them up, like, check the but quarters. But they were only the... We'll get into personal accounts here in a little bit, but... Yeah. The, I know there's one witness account that says they were only there for like a month, right? Yes. Yeah, so what I said, they showed up in October and November. <laughs> they were out by November. They were out by November. Yeah, I just want to get it across to everybody that like this was a blink of an eye type of thing. Especially yeah. then, you know, we're not talking about a world where, you know, if you and I saw something strange, this happens every single day. If you see something strange, you throw it on your phone, boom, it's on the internet. Yeah. Everybody can see it. But then if... You know, something popped up at an arcade. It would be really easy to slide an arcade machine uh, or any kind of mind-control device into a pizza place in the 80s. Leave yeah. It, you know? Well, I mean, think of how many things go super fast in a month anyways. It's already December somehow. Yeah, yeah. Well, this year's <laughs> been a little different, I think. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But yeah, yeah. You're right, though. I mean, that time can fly by really quickly. And when you're talking about, I mean, was that for a lot of people? Two paychecks. You know, yeah. that's, not a t that's not a tremendous amount of time. No. Yeah. Um, for some people this year, it's no paychecks. Yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> uh, We're in the same club. Yes. Uh, one of the big things surrounding it was uh, players supposedly suffered from like amnesia, insomnia, night terrors, and yeah. hallucinations the after headaches. playing it. Well, there was the there was that claim that you know kids were what would you said migraines? There were migraines. There yes. were. Um, there was an arcade incident in Portland, though, right? Like that happened around that time. The, yes. Like so, um, let me see if parents I can... went kind of upset about because find that article here. It feels that way to me. You know, it's like it. I've played a lot of video games. You've played a lot of video games. Have you ever in your entire life died from it? Uh, just once. <laughs> I was fine though after a couple of days. No. Um. So an author, Brian Dunning, um, wrote in. It was kind of just like this note article type deal. Um, he kind of went and looked into all the claims around Polybius and he made note that in 1981 at the same arcade on the same day in Portland, two people got sick after playing different games. Um, one had a migraine after playing the game Tempest. Okay. Um, and another one suffered a stomach pain, um, for reasonably, Playing asteroids for twenty eight hours. <laughs> um, I like that. That's a is... conspiratorial thing. Like, no, the government put in a machine that drove my child to illness. No, your child hasn't eaten in a day. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he played asteroids for twenty eight hours Dang. while being filmed. Okay. Um, to break a world record, King of Kong over here, <laughs> Billy Mitchell. I'm bleeping uh, that. Shout out Brian if you're watching. <laughs> he went as Billy Mitchell for Halloween this year. <laughs> I'm bleeping it again. Uh, <laughs> You'll know the King of Kong, and I hope you bleep both of those too. No one's gonna know what we're talking about. Uh, they're gonna think I'm just shouting a bunch of <laughs> obscenities. No, so that played in with. There's also a record from the FBI that the FBI raided a bunch of different arcades in that area ten days after those kids got sick. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Men in Black. Will Smith is here. Yes, but the thing with those was. Um, the owners were suspected of using the machines for gambling. 
Yeah, by... well, that was a big concern. That's always been a concern with gambling games. Like, I know that pinball, right? Pinball mm-hmm. wasn't legal until I want to feel free anybody who knows this to correct me. But I know the pinball wasn't. It wasn't legal until the 20th century, in the late part of the 20th century. I want to say the 90s, maybe even the turn of the century. It could have been a little sooner than that. Don't hold me to it. But it was because it was a game. It had to be proven that it was a game of skill, not a game of chance. Because a game of chance is gambling. And a kid can't play a game of chance in most places for money. But you can play a game of skill. Yes. Uh, And with a lot of arcade games back then, they gave you options to set the win rate. Yeah, so, well, yeah, well, you can that's still, still do that the case. machines. Yeah, yeah. Go watch uh, one of those Mark Rober "I Beat the Arcade" videos. All he yeah. does is go, "They're computers. I used a computer." Yeah. Um, but the thing with the FBI raid, it's because they were looking at the cabinets for signs of tampering in recording high scores. Or were they? Yeah, that's uh, Dunning, the author suggests that these two events were combined into the plebeius legend. Okay. And so these two fact-based things linked up, uh, and that's what kind of caused the plebeius legend to go. You think the opposite? Or they're FBI agents. To be covered up, plebeius. No, they were just FBI agents doing their job. Yeah. I think sometimes the easiest thing in the world is uh, to be... Sometimes the easiest thing in the whole world, uh, the easiest things to steal... Are the things you do in broad daylight. Yeah. So I don't think it's that wild that an FBI agent or a couple of them would show up, uh, especially if they had a totally reasonable excuse. They're like, oh, we're here to check on, you know, uh, fraud, fraud claims. People are pretty weary of those types of things. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because that's not the only type of fraud raid that the FBI was doing at the time. Like I said, with arcades, it, it was not uncommon. I wouldn't go so far as to say it was common, but gambling was absolutely a concern, especially with the kids. Yeah. And there was, I mean, the FBI, I think any adult, I mean, adult, I say that, but any aging adult could r- remind you of playing, you know, like Turtles Through Time and that FBI screen popping up at the beginning. Mm-hmm. We all have seen it at the beginning of a movie, but they used to, and I'm sure plenty of people listening to this are familiar with the idea, but they would put it up at the beginning of those games as uh, an anti-theft thing, but it was was there for a few different reasons, right? Like, I know that the FBI was very closely working uh, with these arcades because arcades early on were definitely seen... I mean, like, uh, like, peep shows are also referred to as arcades. Yeah, you know, penny like, arcades. Yeah, they're they're all sort of... I mean, and tech, if we want to get down to it, they are all arcades, but mm-hmm. I think that there's a, there's a little bit of a hysteria, not just around the... Any gamer's familiar with the hysteria, or the hysteria, rather, around... Any gamer is uh, familiar with the hysteria that surrounds video games and the yeah. things that come with it, be it violence or what have you. Um, Congress and, being like, violent video games are what cause people to be violent. And 100%. Like, and this is 81, so I think, like, the West Memphis 3, I think, like, that's when Satanists, well, arguably now if you talk to somebody well, the who... the Satanic Panic and, like, yeah. tabletop games. 100%. You know, that's when people were... Well, like I said, West Memphis 3, that's when people yeah. were getting accused of crimes they weren't doing just because they were into different stuff, you know, metal yeah. and stuff. So I, I don't think it's entirely unrealistic to leave... Leave out the level of paranoia that was present in the Pacific Northwest and the country as oh, a yeah. whole. There was but definitely, at this time. It was definitely a more, like, technologically paranoid time. Where, yeah. plus back then it was also, you had uh, all, like, the Red Scare stuff going on, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I grew up, so, 
I'm not going to dox myself, but I grew up just barely doing like um, nuclear raid uh drills when i was a kid we would do these drills where you know we duck against the wall we do the whole thing and that's because the cold war was still happening yeah yeah <laughs> it's a you know there that sort of stuff existed because it 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 it's like saying that there was a uh you know a middle eastern scare in 2001 yeah i don't know that that was the case i think it was just common to make a target out of them yeah yeah but the we say all that to say that the paranoia makes sense i still i love the idea though that these could have been we should explain it a little bit why... Okay, so these machines supposedly have this effect on kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're causing headaches. Uh, they're causing seizures. The gameplay is chaotic and it's bright. The music is loud. Uh, uh, one witness... Actually have some yeah. gameplay. <laughs> well, no, not actual gameplay. This yeah. is... Uh, this is uh, simulated gameplay because actual gameplay is virtually impossible to find. Yes. But this is a recreation that was made uh, in 2009, was it? Uh, yes. Yeah. Of, of give or take. Yeah, what they thought it would look like. And it's very busy, you know. Uh, it's been described as being sort of like. They said it was like asteroids, right? Yeah, it one was, said that it was like asteroids. It was like asteroids. I actually have a Reddit r slash family ask me anything that came out about three years ago that said uh, i played the arcade game polybius in portland oregon in 81 ask me anything does your head hurt um that's what one person asked he was like uh someone said wait i thought this game was an urban well i'll read the original post he said uh a lot of speculations around polybius uh, there's no evidence it really existed, but I was there. Portland, Oregon, 1981. I played it. Well, wouldn't that be evidence? Yeah, like, There's true. no evidence except for my very vivid first-hand account. Um, so it wasn't very spooky. I heard about the people who got sick. Um, I don't think <laughs> That's anyone... such a kid thing to say. It wasn't even scary at all, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um... I played it, wasn't very spooky. I heard about all the people who got sick. I don't think anyone actually died, just got headaches. I must have been the goddamn music. It was insanely loud and annoying. Anyways, ask me anything about it. Okay. Um, someone said, wait, yeah. I apparently thought, or I thought this game was an urban legend. Even the Simpsons made a joke about it. Okay, since this is legit, was it fun? Was it popular among the other games? Was the pr- What was the premise of the game? Said, it wasn't particularly fun, but then again, back then we only had games like Pac-Man and Asteroids. It looked a lot like Asteroids, played a bit like it too. It had the same style, black screen with white outlines. Which is what you're seeing here, yeah. Um, it was popular since games took a while to make, and the arcade only got about a new game every month. It was always exciting when a new game arrived at the arcade. Everyone would play it. Polybius was no exception. The premise was simple. You move around and shoot stuff. Didn't have a story or characters for that matter. You just flew around and shot stuff. Uh, you played as a small ship-like thing. The enemy was single, much larger ship things that would fire off small projectiles to or at you to shoot. Um, there was no end. You just shot the projectiles. wasn't particularly exciting or innovating. Like I said before, new games were rare. Uh, then the guy says, the whole urban legend side of this is completely false. The part about the men in black who came to work on the machines is both true and false. The arcade machines were taken down and put up by some larger arcade warehouse company. Ooh! I Yeah, right? doesn't say... <laughs> I don't. And remember. to be clear, there isn't like really we. Well, he we says I don't remember the name. Yeah, there's like no way. This, this yeah, there's not a way to trace it down. Uh, he did say People the workers tried. did wear suits on one day. They came in to mess with the machines. 
but it was Halloween, and their explanation was they were dressed as FBI agents. That's a sick day to be an undercover FBI agent. Yeah, you can just wear just your wear man your in black suit. Uh, I'm just in costume. And yeah. he's like, okay. I'm Agent K. You never saw this. Uh, he said, there were two who usually came and everyone knew them. They were nice workers. Um, they were nice to the kids in the arcade and sometimes bought us pizza. These guys were different, and I never saw them again. Meaning the guys... Uh, in the suits. Yeah, we're different guys. Up. We're different yeah. guys, and they never saw them again. Well, they were in costume, so it's hard to recognize them again. Maybe they <laughs> saw them again. <laughs> it says, they still made conversation, but were more stiff. I'm not confirming anything. I think Urban Le He says, I just think Urban Legends are bullshit. <laughs> just like, as a policy? He said, I'm that, just... That guy with a hook on top of your car? Real. <laughs> uh, or does he mean bullshit like all of them are lies? Yeah. So he's here to debunk this thing. Yes. Avid debunker. He said, I'm just recounting memories. I asked my brother, and he all remembers the same as what I remember. The only bad thing I gave, it gave you were headaches. The music was loud and obnoxious, blips and bloops. A friend of mine was particularly into it and held the high score. He did end up committing suicide, but that was only a few years ago, and for a completely unrelated reason. A few people got sick, but lots of people in the arcade got sick. It was a germy place. People came every day and touched the arcade, or touched the machines, for God's sakes. The urban legend part is false. The game itself was very real. Uh, when this happened, I was only about 12. My friends spanned from 12 to 14. My brother and his friends were all 16, and they were big bullies. <laughs> Buffaloes. Um, basically, he said he and his brother would spend all the time at the arcade. It was only there for a month. Okay. They only played it like once or twice, and his brother... But he, but he says it's absolutely real. Yes. Um, and then someone asks, what's your favorite ice cream flavors? And he said <laughs> vanilla cookies and cream and orange sherbet. That's good to know. That's <laughs> good to know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, from this person's uh, point, completely real thing, not set up by the government, or maybe? Yeah, a skeptic witness account that says, hey, listen, all the stuff you've heard about it being a big urban legend is false. It's totally real. I was yeah. there. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's a, it's odd that this person has taken such a, like a stand. Because it, again, it's pretty easy to falsify, and there's a handful of people that do something similar. Um, it's quite the, it's quite the take though. There's another eyewitness report. Um, this is in a little summary about the game. On this was posted March third, two thousand. Okay. Um, on a website called uh, Coinop.org, which is where another. Big well, CoinOp's going to come up again. Yes. Yeah, CoinOp is going to come up a number of times. But this is just essentially like a uh, game summary. Okay. So it was like a knowledge basis thing. Um, they said genre, abstract puzzle, manufacture um, was this brand called uh, Cine... Cinelotion? Yeah, Cinelotion. Yeah, Cinelotion. Which is a German phrase... That That's means a combination yes. of sinus, which is what is Senses, the sense, and lotion, which is to extinguish or to delete, meaning sense delete, or people even believe sensory deprivation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the whole thing says game had a very limited release, one or two backwater arcades in the suburb of Portland. So this is 2001 that this was posted, and people even then were like, only one or two backwater arcades in the suburb of Portland. So this was still... People were still running with this story. Well, cause, and to give a little context to this, nowadays, if EA put out a game, it would be impossible for them to put out six copies of it. 
yeah. to market. Yes. They absolutely pass around copies of games like that. This comes up with that uh, Crow ARG as mm-hmm. well, having a, like a, a physical copy to play. And with a coin-op, it's a lot easier to make it dubious because was it there or not? You yeah. know, it has to have been in that room. Like, It's a very physical thing. But I still wonder, for the amount of time that would go into making a game... It would be very, very, very strange to me to introduce three cabinets. Yes. Um, this says... Especially for a German game studio. <laughs> um, it said, according to an operator who ran an arcade in one, or with one of these games in it, guys in black coats would come to collect records from the machines periodically. Okay. Uh, they weren't interested in quarters or anything. They just collect information on how the game was played and the high scores. They say that, but like... Part of the hysteria with this wasn't just that it... Well, it was that, you know, it was making kids sick, but it was... The the prevailing notion behind that is that they were, you know... It's because it was like a PSYOP. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Uh-huh. So it, the suspension of, you know, subliminal messaging and things like that, it's not all that surprising for somebody to, to you know, be like... It, w- it just would be very easy to cover up. Exceptionally easy to cover up. So another thing that came out... Around the same time, this one, I believe, is more um, false. It seems more playful and kind of poking fun at the whole situation. Okay. And it came after the I Played the Arcade game AMA. Okay. This was another Reddit AMA. I programmed the game called Plebeus, Ask Me Anything. (laughs) Um, This guy said, my name is Klaus Soller. I was a West German programmer for the company SinsLotion. In the early 80s, I would like to clear up the myth surrounding the game Plebeus. The game I helped create is even related to a myth on the internet. Um, Plebeus was not at all related to mind control or addiction or anything of the sort. <laughs> Never got a release. It was noted as a psychedelic experience, however. The game started out as an idea to combine the raster graphics seen in Donkey Kong and Galaga with vector graphics seen in Tempest and Asteroids Okay. to create a strange and engrossing experience for the player. Um, the gameplay mostly resembled the latter half, uh, as in Asteroids, which is something we've seen yeah. in all of these witnesses, yeah, absolutely. testimonies. Well, that vector gameplay, that style of gameplay, we was see that super come up a big, lot. yeah. yeah. Um, only one PCB was ever made, and I'm unsure of its fate, because they made something that used raster graphics for background and special effects, but then those, um... Like vector graphics for the main thing. So as we saw the background being more 3D and those 3D shapes, and then the line work for the other parts of the game, um, he said only one was made. Manufacturing cost was too expensive due to using both, and so they only made one. Don't know where it went. See, but that immediately contradicts with that. Granted, that twelve-year-old, yeah, know, right. But one PCB to for the folks at home, a PCB is the brain. That's the that's yeah. the game. In in a coin-op machine, the PCB is like in the Simpsons coin-op machine that we have. It's just a computer board, and that's the whole game. Like it would be on a disc or whatever. So yes. that means that there's he's saying that there's one physical copy of this game, which is pretty hard to believe. Yes, especially uh, if it ever made it to market. This it would be impossible. So this was three years ago. Okay. Uh, and the guy's name was Klaus, Sell, or Klaus Soller. Yeah. Um, then we have another post um, from a different website. This okay. one was uh, 
coinop.org again in 2006. Um, and it was a thread about Polybius, and there was a comment uh, labeled Polybius.truth. Ooh. Um, posted by someone named Stephen Roach. Oh, Stephen Roach. Here he is. Here's Stephen Roach. Um, so this, I'll read part of it. It says, I think it's about time I laid this to rest, however entertaining the speculation. My name is Stephen Roach, who is primarily based in the Czech Republic. Uh, Sinisloshin was a company set up by myself and several other mainly amateur programmers in 1978 that worked on component parts for uh, PCBs, printed circuit boards, that saw programming as a limited but very profitable sideline. I think the fact that it wasn't a focal point in our business took the pressure off us, and hence we created some quality work, which quickly gained a reputation within the industry. Um, we were approached around 1980 by a southern game company that shall remain nameless for legal purposes to develop an idea they had for producing an arcade game with a puzzle element that centered around a new approach to video game graphics. What legal purposes? I, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not like you sign an NDA if you work on a game. That's true. But you do. You do if you if do contract a, for the U.S. government. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. If it's a brain control device. Because what I think of when we... we Talk about like what it, I don't know what it could be measuring. Mm -hmm. Screams aptitude test to me. That yeah, is it just like an SAT machine? Well, you know? like uh, <laughs> it this feels is... like that the the brainwashing scene in uh, Clockwork Orange. Yeah, but a video game. Um, it reminds me of the. There's a show I think on Hulu, Future Man. Okay. Uh, about a shout out Future Man. Yeah. Shout out Seth Rogen, because I think you're the producer on that show, and <laughs> I think you're a producer on any show right now. It seems like any show, it's like, produced by Seth Rogen. <laughs> um, but it's this kid that plays a video game that's kind of old, and the fan base is kind of dying, and it's super hard to beat. Well, he beats it, and as soon as he beats it, two people from the future come, <laughs> and that game was based on just you raiding this evil person in the future's lab okay like they mapped it out and everything and if you could do it if you could beat the game that means you figure it out a way to raid this lab and so the people from the future came to uh like recruit you so plebeius was a puzzle machine that was laying the seeds it was a it was a uh, turing test it was a code yeah. breaker <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah um <laughs> it's not subliminal it's super liminal but let's see he goes on to give to talk about other people that worked in the company. Yep. Um, Merrick Vucek, uh, who is a programmer who came up with the name Polybius. He studied Greek mythology, um, which doesn't make sense. Well, we should include that for those who didn't study Greek mythology or don't remember. Polybius was a real person. Yes. Not a, a mythological person. person. That's why... Yeah, he uh, was actually uh, a political figure. Uh, and a, a pretty important thinker. Um, there we go. There's there Polybius. he is. There we go. Curly-headed feller. Yeah, I mean, Polybius, and what's interesting is Polybius lived or was born in Arcadia. Mm -hmm. well, the, the, what is it, county then? I don't know. He was born in Arcadia. So that's, uh, I think it's very telling that this game is named after a thinker who... Would you like to tell everybody what Polybius' yes. message was? So, one of Polybius' <laughs> biggest messages was uh, 
if if you have no proof, don't believe what you're told. Yes. <laughs> so for this to be a fake thing yeah. with very little proof, because one of the proof things that I wanted to talk about um, in the coin op um, article, it was stated that there was a copyright for not only Polybius but also Sinus Lotion. Well, someone went and looked up um, if there was any sort of copyright for that copyright for it they did a whole it's all public information sure you do a efoi uh efoia that's what it is to request any information from copyright or to be clear that's the freedom of information act yes yeah (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you can file one of those on pretty much anything you can they requested information about it nothing came back okay so one of the big points of proof is like, hey, I have these documents that show it was copywritten and patented and stuff like that. Those don't exist. Yeah, well, it's, you know, this is where we kind of get into the chasing, right? Like the ether. Is it, because the, the prevailing story, we could, let's get into the timeline. The prevailing story mm-hmm. is that this game, the copyright on the game, the alleged copyright on the alleged game is yes. 1981. Correct. But the first posting you can really find... By the way, if you guys are enjoying this, by all means, there's a really great uh, gaming podcast from a few years... Or I shouldn't... There's a really great gaming channel that uh, in 2017 did a long form on this and talked about some great timeline elements. So yes. if you want more on the timeline, I would definitely check out that video. It's really good. It's by a guy named Ahoy. Um, so in 81, the game allegedly is published. Yes. Hits the streets. That one PCB board is in a machine somewhere in Portland, Oregon, giving kids aneurysms. Yes. Okay. Um, so <laughs> Then it says it's a lot of offline word of mouth. Yeah. Until uh, 1994, where... There's some anecdotal accounts that... Well, um, but don't... Aren't most of the anecdotal accounts from 94 Usenet? Yes. And it, you can go back, so you can search every bit of... you. Well, not every bit, but the majority of Usenet exists. Yes. It's gigs and gigs of text. Uh, and you can search that. And it's been done, and the only thing that comes up is a military unit and the philosopher. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of been disproven. Then we have the coin-op article, February 6, 2000. Yeah. Um, that mentions the name and copyright. Uh, like I said, no copyright has ever been registered. Um, and then we have September 2003. Um, the owner of coin-op submitted a tip-off to GamePro, which was a video game magazine. Kurt Kohler. Yes. Get ready to meet Kurt Kohler. Um <laughs> who, like, submitted a tip-off to them about Polybius. Polybius then appeared in the September 2003 issue of Game Pro. Yep. With uh, part of a feature story called Secrets and Lies. Yeah, it was like a Mythbusters thing. Yeah. Um, and that is the first known printed mention in the game. Um, that's also what kind of kicked off the, the conversation. Yeah, the legend. Well, so we we started, as we mentioned at the top of the podcast, we started talking about this today because we are talking about um, Crow 64. Mm-hmm. And that's a similar situation. That doesn't really exist before two months ago. You can't really find anything, which is what immediately led people to think that this kind of might be something else. Yes. Regardless of what that something else is. And in that case, it's very clearly an alternate reality game. In this case... Maybe it's the FBI. Maybe it was the CIA. Who knows? You know, uh, when I think of the Pacific Northwest, I do definitely think of the feds. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then to keep with the timeline, 2006 is the Stephen Roach claim. Yeah. When he hops on the internet and says, I did it. Yes. Um, and then we have radio silence until 2017 with the Reddit AMAs. And that's the same year that the long-form essay on this came out. Yes. But there's a number. I mean, obviously, we we mentioned it, but this is a well-covered subject. A lot of people have talked about this. Mm-hmm. But it's a messy subject. There's a lot to talk about. Um, it's... You can talk about something until you're blue in the face, but it doesn't mean that you've come to a conclusion on whether it's real or not. Yes. Yeah, whether it really happened. Because even this, you know, we can sit here and we can go back and forth with one another about, you know, the likelihood of this, that, or the other. But pure and simple, it is possible that this happened. Yeah. It is possible. Definitely. And that's the thing that keeps us thinking. So, timeline, 2017, it's finally kind of coming to everybody's attention. We all start talking about it sort of as like a, mm-hmm. a, a community of, of gamers, and it becomes more of a subject at the head. Yeah. Um, and then that's where you get a lot of the... A lot of people talking about it, and a lot of people doing a whole lot more research than we did. Yeah. And yeah. debunking a lot of parts. Yeah, well, that's the nice thing about talking about a story like this is, you know... We can sit down and do research, and we do. Um, we, we do a bunch before the shows, but um, something like this, a lot of people have done a lot of great precedental uh, work for you. There's mm-hmm. a lot of great journalism that's already been done. Definitely. Know? And I think with a story like this, it's more about, it's an event that happened. It's almost like an investigation uh, for a crime. So you got to... It's a lot of talking to people. It's a lot of asking the same questions a number of times and seeing how people remember it. I mean, the one the one outspoken witness that says it absolutely happened, this is the case, I know that for a fact, also says that while they were 12 years old. Yeah. Think of something that happened when you were 12 that would, that didn't really happen. You know, There are plenty of... We have a lot of false positives as kids. Our imaginations are vibrant and our memories more so You know, when it's time to try to remember what actually happened. Most most of the time you don't exactly remember everything. Yeah. Yeah, three sides to every story. Or is mine and the truth? So, yeah, I don't... I, I think it's cool that it's popping up and that we're talking about it. Um, and a lot of stuff to like negate what has come out um, there was people going in and trying to find stuff about the 1994 post. Which you can't there. really find anything. Yeah, no. it's not there. Uh, people talking about Sinuslotion as a name and how it's to native German speakers. Yeah. Doesn't make sense as a word. Yeah, because it's not the right way to say it in German. Yes. It looks like you ran it through Google Translate. It's exactly what it looks like. It looks yeah. like someone brute force combined two words to try to make this eerie name senseless into google boom yeah, yeah um a lot of like someone pulled up the articles from 1981 there's one in uh beaverton oregon that is about the kid that tried playing for 28 hours but again that was a different game right Yes, that yeah. was asteroids. asteroids. Yeah, um, and then the there was another article about a kid who um, passed out playing Tempest, which checks out with that. Uh, the author, yeah, Dunning. absolutely, yeah, yeah. There's people who it, it makes. I mean, how the stories came to be makes sense, mm-hmm. you know, but it. There's just so many moving parts that it, it, I have to, I have to, you know, kind of stop and second guess. Uh, as we get into sort of the 
we've talked about some of the the evidence as we get into some of the the disevidence, the the things against the case of Polybius. Um, one of the things that sticks out the most to me is we talked a little bit about gameplay earlier uh, with that simulated gameplay, but there is no footage of gameplay. There's none. There's mm. none. There's a title screen, and possibly. Let's wait. He's just gonna pick that up for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Goddamn sirens. It does. It picks. You could hear those bells so well. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, we're cool now. Um, shit. Where were we just now? Oh, the fake. There being no footage. Yeah. Yeah. So there's not really any footage of this thing. There's no gameplay footage. There's the simulated gameplay footage. There's firsthand accounts. But because there was one allegedly one to maybe five PCBs, and there were a handful of these machines. There was no way to screen capture these things. And none of the stuff was being written until 20 years after it had happened. Like, mm-hmm. the timeline, you know, there's a lot that happens in in the lore up to 2000, but there's nothing in actuality until 2000, you know? There's nothing yeah. really, really in validity until 2003 with the, the gaming magazine. You know, there's not really... There wasn't... I think GamePro, like you said, was the first example of that. So it's still a pretty recent idea. We're still talking about it. And that was uh, the Stephen Roach person. Well, yeah. People did uh, a little bit of a deeper dive. Um, and that same IP that was registered to Stephen Roach was registered to a guy on Usenet um, known as Captain Sarcastic. Okay. Who posted all the time. He also came up with an infamous... Uh, two dollar bill at Taco Bell. Yeah, the the Usenet tale. Of yes. not taking two dollars for a or a two dollar bill. Uh, which was I someone... thought that was a true story. So, there is the the false story that Captain Sarcastic came up with. Oh, so it is a true story. That said, that a person went into a Taco Bell and tried to pay with a two dollar bill. Yeah. The person behind the counter thought it was fake. Give me one two lupa, please. <laughs> uh called the manager the manager also said it was fake and uh wouldn't let anyone like wouldn't let it pay okay to which this guy went and he was like uh oh you can't like do this blah 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 ranting online as people always do certainly um the the true story that you're thinking of is march 2005 okay and the baltimore sun published a story that actually happened wait his story happened in 94? No. Uh, the Stephen Roach thing was 2006. Oh, okay. Hurt. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they, the... But he wrote that Usenet story in 2006 as well? No, the Usenet Taco Bell story was uh, 1994. Yeah. And yeah. then the tr- it actually didn't happen for 11 more years. Yes. That's the thing I'm trying to say. Uh, n- yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is um, wild. No, I get what you're saying now. Yeah. Uh, but the real story is 2005, um, a guy bought uh, Mike Balesta, a 57-year-old Baltimore County resident, stated that in February 2005, he purchased a radio CD unit for his son's car at Best Buy. Um, Ballista oh, I said, know where the story's going. <laughs> in order to rectify a mix-up they made selling him the wrong unit, the store initially waived the installation charges for the stereo, then called him back the next day and threatened to report him to the police if he didn't come in and pay the $114 installation fee. Uh, Irked that Best Buy had gone from them admitting a mistake to suddenly calling the police, Ballista decided to stage a mini-protest by paying the charge with 57 $2 bills. (laughs) Uh, He described to the Baltimore Sun what happened next, and this is a quote from the article. 
I'm just here to pay the bill, Ballista says, he told the cashier. She looked at the $2 bills and told me, I don't have to take these if I don't want to. I said, if you don't, I'm leaving. I tried to pay my bill twice. You won't, uh, you won't take these bills. You can sue me. Uh, so she took the money, like she was doing me a favor. Nonetheless, police were summoned when a Best Buy employee noticed that the ink on some of the $2 bills was smeared. And after one officer <laughs> noted fake. that the serial numbers on the bill ran in sequential order. Um, Ballista was handcuffed and taken to the count, uh, county police lockup. Police reportedly kept him handcuffed to a pole for three hours. What? Why? While they notified the Secret Service. Uh, but when an investigation from that agency, which the Secret Service is a department always that, tasked with... Yeah, the Secret Service is a branch of the Treasury. Yeah, so yeah. they're tasked with counterfeiting cases. Determined that the currency was legitimate, uh, Ballista was finally released. Oh, well, that's good at least. What a hell day, though. Yeah, that's a that's a scathing one star Yelp review for that Best Buy. Yeah, you guys uh, got me arrested after you charged me you money. The Secret Service on me. You charged me a hundred dollars to get arrested in your store. Which I get the whole sequential order thing because no one has a hundred or fifty seven two dollar bills on hand. I have one and it's been in my wallet for six years. Uh, here's where I'm gonna contest that. Mm -hmm. uh, having worked in nightclubs my whole life, I can definitely vouch for bartenders that will go to the bank and cash in just for twos to look interesting at two places at bars and at strip clubs well that's they specifically carry them for that reason that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying but yeah, they'll buy whole packs sense. yeah they'll buy like whole packs of them because if you go and you get a bunch of two dollar bills from the bank if they're, they're new in order. If, if they're new, new they'll probably be in sequential order so yeah. it i've gotten dollar bills for like change for a restaurant and they've been in sequential order dude imagine if you got a bunch of hundreds and this happened oh man it wouldn't be bad enough that'd be yeah, I avoid spending $100 bills just because I'm scared of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I once had a 20 uh, that I got it cha as change from somewhere and then used it at a different place. It came up fake. Oh. Um, that was a real blow to the, like, here's this, <laughs> and I'm paying for something for, like, $13. Being the person that people dude, think being the dude trying you're to pass stealing a fake $13. 20. That's not a fake 20. And not even being the person that made the fake 20? I know, being like, yeah, like, I this came out of my paycheck. <laughs> it cost me two hours. Please I got sell it to Walmart. me. Yeah. No, at the time I was like 16, so that was like four hours yes, of work. Four hours of your life. Please give it back. I'm to like, me. I'm just trying to buy like some Magic the Gathering cards. Leave me alone. Uh, yeah, you know what I think is interesting about this uh, game, too, is that at no point has anybody, Polybius, the guy, that guy, Who's <laughs> mm -hmm. down there? Uh, Polybius, the guy. Uh, uh, you guys talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> also invented a pretty basic uh, cipher for decoding things. Mm -hmm. I, in all of our research, we came across no one who tried to apply that. There's no game footage. Uh, there's a little bit of screen. Somebody uh, a number of years ago posted a exe that allegedly was a playable version of the game, but it was just a scaled up version of the screen with music that played until you clicked start. And then once you did that, it would crash. Yes, and then if you went into um, the script for the game, it was a bunch of empty space. Yeah, well, it was a bunch of zeros, because that's yeah. how you keep space on a game. Um, so out of the two megs that I believe it was, um, only like 81 gigs were the... Exe, not gigs. 
Or, yeah. <laughs> bites. Yeah. Um, were that EXE. Yeah. Um, then it was a whole bunch of zeros to fill up the rest of that two gigs. And then at the v- very end, it just said April Fool's Day. Yeah, it also said Happy April Fool's it, when it like when it crashed. Yeah. Uh, so somebody had done that as an homage. I think one of the things that keeps this mystery alive um, and keeps people wondering if it happened or not, even though when there's like a decent amount of it <laughs> evidence to the contrary, is exactly the idea that like, oh shoot, where was I start? What? I had something that I was saying there, and I just totally lost that thought. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. I'll just keep talking. Uh, So, yeah, we don't really have a lot of footage. We don't have any screens. We have a few fake versions. We have a lot of homage. uh, And that homage makes it very difficult to disseminate between what is evidence and what isn't. You know, because there are a lot of passionate accounts of these people. We're getting into the, the, the honesty of this thing now and trying to figure out. We've talked about who, when, where. Yeah. We haven't really talked about how. Uh, we've kind of talked about it, but we haven't really gotten to the base, I guess, of truly who, which I did mention, but, uh, who, who's behind it? Who did it? Like, regardless of if it's real or if it's otherwise, who started it in the first place? Who started the conversation? Who created the machines? Was a government agent? What was it? Um, this is all kind of doo-doo. It's all right. I'll edit around it. Yeah, whatever. This is what I'm talking about. Like, I feel like when I talk like this, I just feel like that's not that good of content. Because mm-hmm. I'm not really saying anything. I'm just kind of talking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fucking talk back to me then, Dick. You're my co-host. <laughs> um, but yeah, so with all of that, uh, like with all the homage, I think it can be very difficult to like understand if somebody's lying or not. Because it's, it's fun to lie about it. You get to make a little game. You get to... There's been a couple different versions where people have tried to simulate the alleged gameplay. It's shown up allegedly at game shows and stuff and none of that is none of it is certifiable none of that can yeah. be made real just but- like you can go to cinesolution.com which is still up and it's just a real simple text website and it says cinesolution has a tradition of developing the visual and auditory cognitive interface dating back nearly 30 years we've just completed a 25 year commitment to a military contract and are ready to move back to the private sector <laughs> Uh, we believe our new line of educational and entertainment software will revolutionize our current standard. Our technology can heighten the gaming experience by introducing aggression, provoking fear, and embedding character preferences and aversions. Um, With one button. Yeah. Uh, it also says, welcome to the future of software. Welcome to CineSlotion. We guarantee you'll like us. Cine- I'm just going to say it. CineSlotion sounds like lube. It does. Sinner's <laughs> um, Lotion. Polybius... Uh, you can click on it, and it takes you to a download. Uh, all of this, if you open it into the README file, because it downloads a zip file, you go, you look at it. I'm doing all this in real time. <laughs> um, you read, like you open the zip, you read the please read me thing, and it talks about how... This is like we're fans of this theory. It we just thought this would be fun. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. This theory is almost entirely fan fiction. Yeah, uh, which is, I think, what makes it really appetizing if it's true. Yeah. What if? What if it really did happen? What if in Portland, Oregon, in 1981, in October, they dropped a couple game machines, and they asked nobody to talk about it or they forced nobody to talk about it Mm -hmm. because it was classified information 
We still don't know about it. And now we're on the outside. This feels like an Area 51 that we have slightly more access to. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it's a, it's, it's a fascinating idea. Um, that being said, uh, we should probably get into some of the people who've claimed to be a part of it. We've talked about Stephen Roach, who outspokenly claimed to have been a part, uh, but that has pretty extensively been questioned since the, he's also a known prankster yeah. uh, of the exact same type. So it's pretty hard to believe that. There was also a Japanese uh, programmer who allegedly worked at Sega, who said that they were working on a Sega CD version of the game, but that came out 10 years after yeah, so Polybius, I have that as well. Yeah, Polybius allegedly was in Portland, Oregon, in a greasy little pizza hall or roller rink or wherever it was. So this was the Doug Fur posted by uh, PRG017 uh, was the name of the person that posted it. Yeah, and it's in very like broken English, saying um, that. They were part of a secret organization, Sinus Lotion, operating with some sort of government power. Um, I don't know what country they were working for. We were given a project sheet and a map of the human brain and showed us to stimulate those areas, and we're told to integrate them into a video game. Sega had quite a bit of money writing on this deal, and we're not doing so well. I'm a member of the <laughs> That's group. the most accurate part yeah. of that entire... <laughs> Um, and then in all caps it says this game is real. The game testers who worked for us had odd mind problems like losing memory and other such things. So again, going with the same claims. Yeah. It's in all caps. This game's real, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, said, after the project we signed papers promising secrecy and if I'm discovered I may get in serious trouble. NDA. Yeah. Um, but I believe that this needs to be known. At the beginning of this page, I mentioned the Sega Genesis CD. I was involved in several projects after Plebeus, and eventually I ended up on the Sega Genesis CD team. Um, while we were designing this, an issue came up. Can't remember the details. Two processors syncing up. Turns out Plebeus was discovered to use two processors, which was in that other Reddit thing. Talking yeah, because they're talking about two, the two different types of and that's graphical why it was rendering. So expensive. Um, but it said using that game's code we altered the game's bios anyways most of the code activated the mind altering system details classified that were there we the go there it is i wonder what it is you know well because they subliminal messaging that was the big thing right like if yeah. you stood in front of it it was just like a spectacle it would mes mesmerize you it was apparently using like numbers yeah flashing numbers and flashing signs yeah. The numbers, Mason. What do they? Yeah, mean? yeah. Well, Mason, what an appropriate thing to ask, right? Yeah, that's it. It reeks of that. Um, let's see what else we got. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I think at this point we've gone over uh, a pretty. You know, I just want to talk about Kurt and then close. Gotcha. Yeah. So there's one person left that we have not. Uh, extensively spoken on. And that is our good friend at coinop.org, Kurt Kohler. Yes. So Kurt, by all accounts, uh, the journalist in me, the trained journalist, tells me that uh, that guy had access to the website where this first showed up. Mm -hmm. um, all of those, it's, the, it's really kind of the first time it's ever been seen. Um, and there was a little bit of investigation done, and uh, an interview was put out to the former a former writer for GamePro at the time, a guy named Dan, and 
Uh, it was made pretty clear by him that he thinks Kurt was messing with him to get attention for the website. He yeah. thinks that Kurt invented Polybius um, and sent it to him as a way to get attention to his website. Um, and that seems relatively cut and dry. Except, uh, what if you were keen to the Polybius? Yeah. You knew about this thing. Because it's not like it hadn't been talked about, right? Right. Like, in theory, if it happened in 81, and 12-year-olds were there for sure, for real, and it definitely happened, then it was at least an, a very real urban legend for a number of years before it ever hit the internet. So yeah. it wouldn't be unrealistic. Like, Catastrophe Crow, to bring it full circle back to that. Can't wait till we do the show on this after Catastrophe's done. But they specifically started with a game that had been in a gaming magazine a number of years ago that just fizzled out because it happened a lot and this feels the same way so it's really easy for it to feel very real and not all at once mm -hmm. but i feel like with polybius it almost feels like if i was trying to get attention for my coin op machine website and yeah. i knew that there's tell of this old mind control machine that used that was in portland for a month you know, that's going to be cult lore with retro gamers forever. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows the story. Definitely. So I don't find it unbelievable that he would just use it to his own benefit and be like, hey, did you know about this game? I know about this game. You guys should come to my website and learn about it. That doesn't seem totally unreasonable to me either. It's It's like, to put it in different terms of... If I ran a chocolate blog <laughs> and uh, out of the blue, I posted an article that was like, we've all heard of uh, milk chocolate, dark chocolate, and blonde chocolate, but have you guys heard of the elusive red chocolate? Yeah, ruby chocolate. And and here is my experience when I went to Belgium. I mean, you're just describing how Christopher Columbus brought things back from the new world you're describing said, i found an entire i found india and everyone was like what and he's like i did it <laughs> and like the british history museum like that's what you're describing you know, it's yeah. the same ideas like you come along you take it that's look at now. these things we found to call back a couple episodes forced finn yeah yeah 100 forced. look at all this treasure that's mine no dude like, that's my necklace yeah shut up but i anyway. found it on you <laughs> it's, it's that old meme the like i made this and it's like you made this and the person walks away and he goes I made this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, I, you know, if if you were privy to some secret like this, it would behoove you to be the person who brought it to everyone's attention one way or another. Yeah. Because we're two people sitting in a haunted attic talking about Kurt Kohler and his bright idea. Yeah. You know, so... I, I think 20 years after the fact. Yeah. And you can, you know, I think a lot of people have kind of come to a similar conclusion that it was likely Kurt. Um, but likely Kurt doing what? What was Kurt doing? Was Kurt, what was Kurt lying about? Was I he lying he was about pushing, the game? Yeah. I think uh, my personal thought on it is it's all kind of, there's not enough information uh, to me to prove that any of it's real. There's enough congruent information, like the kids getting sick. And the FBI raid on Arcade. There's a lot of circumstantial evidence. Um, that I think he also knew existed, ran with it to try to kind of cover the tracks. Yeah. Um, and I think he was just trying to push foot traffic for his blog. And who can blame him? You know? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a coinop.org website 
in, in 2000? 2000? Yeah. Yeah. I can't blame this guy for being like, you know that ghost story? We got him in a box over here. Like, what's that place that has Annabelle the doll? You know, like, yeah. what, th- three months ago or something during the middle of COVID when everybody was bored and they weren't getting any traffic? Annabelle escaped, guys. Oh, never mind. She's back. It's cool. Yeah. We didn't see it or anything. And nothing, or, you know. Currently going on right now, we talked about it earlier today. The whole monolith thing. Yeah, yeah, those the, monoliths. The stainless steel monolith that people are going to be so bummed when that's just a promo for Grand Theft Auto Five on the PlayStation Six. I feel like it's it's uh, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> or a new um, Christopher Nolan movie or something. Yeah, like that. it's going to be for. Uh, why can't I think of what that's what Inception two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So stainless steel monolith that showed up in Utah was there yeah. for a week. Uh, disappeared in the middle of the night, was replaced by a pile of rocks, and then this morning, uh, as we're recording this, December 1st, was found in uh, the hills of Romania. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's either an art installation or some publicity thing. I think people are weird, and I think sometimes they're really funny about it. Yeah. Uh, and I think this show is a celebration of that always. <laughs> it is. I, I think the I think that's a good example of it. I think Polybius is a really good example We're of it. We're talking about it. That's yeah. exactly what they wanted. Yeah, exactly. In, in show business, the only publicity is no publicity. Yep. Yeah, that's the only bad um, kind. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, there's, uh, I think, if it's art, it's really cool art. If it is a government secret, they did a very good job of keeping it a secret. Mm-hmm. I will say my personal opinion because I asked you yours. I know that Arma exists. And I remember playing America's Army. And I've been on Twitch when Army recruiters are just shoving death down kids' sh- throats yeah. in the name of having fun. I struggle to reconcile that if the government is this clumsy with video games and recruiting young people playing video games now cuz guys legitimately you're fucking terrible at it it's the corniest shit in the whole world those yeah. guys are nobody respects it i'm pretty sure they just got sued for yeah, it yeah and they've, they've been getting in a lot of trouble for it so if you have if you don't have either significant changes has have happened in the way that the government runs their video game oriented dark operations or or they've always just kind of been inept as fuck at it, and that's not what's going on. Yeah. Um, and as someone who had a friend that tried out for the U.S. Army's Overwatch team, it's a lot harder to get in than you think. <laughs> they have an Overwatch team. They do. They do have an Overwatch team. But, um, yeah, it. there's too little evidence to make me think it's real, and there's too much contradicting evidence to make me think that the army was using it to recruit people. Well, this is just like that GamePro issue then. Myth plausible. Yes, it unconfirmed is what uh, GamePro said this was. Yeah. And I guess we're saying the same thing. Yeah, that's my conclusion. I My conclusion is that it's a really fun thing to talk about. I love the idea of it. I personally uh, find like Empty video game worlds to be some of the creepiest things in the whole world because you just you know there's supposed to be action there. It's like an empty yeah. uh, amusement park. So I think video games, in the same way that clowns do, you can look at Five Nights at Freddy's and you can see that in work. But I think video games have like a certain element to them that makes them inherently kind of scary because mm-hmm. there's more going on than you can see. Yeah. And I think you know whether it's Big Bigfoot and Grand Theft Auto or it's uh, Haunted Link. Or whatever the urban legend might be, I think it's really cool that it exists, and I hope 
in this case that it goes beyond that. I hope. I know it sounds kind of like negative to be like, I really hope the government is doing these weird psyops on us, but I kind of do. It makes the world a more interesting place. It you does. Know? It's a it's a fascinating idea to think that the FBI were like, I've got a big idea, boys. We're gonna we're gonna get the twelve year olds. <laughs> we're gonna recruit the best soldiers out there. Kids in arcades. Bullies on BMX bikes. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I, I'd say it's inconclusive. Same, yeah. I think it's a cool idea. I absolutely uh, motivate anybody who's enjoyed listening to this to go look for more, because there is more. Mm-hmm. We've done a pretty good job covering everything, but if you want some of the more, more of the details or uh, a, a more illustrated timeline by all means check out some of the other uh videos we'll have some of the resources that we turn to linked uh in the bio for this video uh we'll be back again next week we're not taking any breaks off for christmas because he's my son and we don't have to uh (laughs) so we will be back every week uh until then enjoy yourselves be well stay warm and uh be nice watch out for any monoliths and Like, subscribe, and hit that notification button. Yeah, please do. We want to we wanna tell the whole world about all the things we have to say. Love you guys. Have a great one. Creeper got mad and angry.